Yo, yo, welcome back to the Neuropath Podcast. It's your boy Jake, live here in the studio with our co-host Justin Poole. Today we're going to be diving into a powerful topic, the image of God, and how our perception of God influences our relationship with Him. In this episode, we'll explore how God's image isn't just about revealing His true nature, but also about aiding us to reflect Christ's likeness within our lives. So who is God really? What defines his character? Is my view of him aligned with the word? Do I have a distorted view of God? Join us as we challenge common misconceptions and take God at his word for who he reveals himself to be. So grab your notebook, settle in, and let's get ready to dive in as we unravel the mystery of the invisible God. Welcome back to the Narrow Path Podcast. My name is Justin. And I am Jake. And we are so excited that you are here with us for episode five. Yes, sir. Wherever you're listening from, whether it's Apple Music or Spotify or uh, I know one of you, we had one of our special listeners that said we were listening from Amazon Alexa. Yeah. So shout out to you if you said, hey, Alexa, play the narrow path. Whoever you are, I love you. You are my new best friend. We were talking to Alexa and asking her some of the deepest questions and let's just say we need to be praying for alexa she's still curious yeah she has no idea what she's talking about (laughs) we asked her like what's the meaning of life and what happens after you die and we stumped her we were being goofy but hey we have a huge topic today this one is dense yeah (laughs) there's a lot to (laughs) this topic but this is one that's uh very near and dear to both of our hearts what are we talking about yeah today uh we're diving into the image of god so we're going to be talking about who is God mm-hmm. and who is he not. Yes, that's so important. Because just as important as it is to know who God is and what he's like, it's also very important to know what he's not like. And why do we be- mention that? Because so many of us, we hit this last week, we have a view of God. Right or wrong, good or bad, we all have a view of God. And I heard this quote from a theologian, pastor, A.W. Tozer, He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. That's pretty big words. And how we view God determines how we interact with him. We've talked about this, I think, on previous episodes, that if we view God as a judge, we will be scared. If we view him as this boss, we'll just work for him. Um, If we see him as this like cosmic candy machine, we will... Uh, or like if he's like Santa Claus, right? We'll just ask from him and want things from him. And when he doesn't give us what we want, we'll get mad at him. And so we're going to dive into who is God and what he's like. And as Jake just said so well, what he's also not like. And um, we're praying that you're encouraged. We're praying that however you see God today, um, that as we dive into his word, as we spend some time together, that you'd begin to, to see him a little more clear. Yeah. 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 And something I wanted to hit off, Right off the bat is um, me and you, we just went and saw The Chosen yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So good. Yeah. Plug for The Chosen if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> it was such a great time. No spoilers here. Yeah. No spoilers. I jumped in <laughs> season <laughs> yeah. four. Yes, you did. Yes, was a you little did. lost. No. Yes. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Um, so good. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And one of my takeaways, I was just telling Justin before we started recording is like, man, I saw like Jesus's character just portrayed not only so well by Jonathan Rumi, but also uh, just a good representation of who Jesus was and who he still is. Um, And it was really cool. Uh, I noticed almost every time, 
Matthew or Thomas or someone, one of the disciples. So they would either come in a little early when Jesus was up and praying to his father, which is crazy. crazy. Uh, a crazy wow. concept in itself. Yep. But, Wrap uh, your mind around that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you can uh, figure that out for yeah. me, let me know. But So cool. Um, yeah, that that is inception on another level. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah, he would, you know, Thomas or one of the guys would, would go up to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, you know, I wanted to talk to you about something that's been going on or but they would always start by saying like, I don't want to interrupt you or like, I'm sorry if I'm interrupting or, you know, I hope I'm not like intruding on your time. And it was just cool because every time Jesus responded the same way, and I think someone needs to hear this today. He always was like, just come and sit with me. Just come and be with me. Just come and, you know, spend time with me. And how many times do you and I even convince ourselves, God doesn't want to be in my space or present with me or you know, I've wronged myself or other people so much that why would he even want me to call on his name to spend time uh, with him? And I would challenge those listening, whoever's listening, you right now, if you're feeling that way, it's probably because the enemy doesn't want you to, to seek him or you've convinced yourself that you're not enough. And Justin and I are here to tell you the truth, to exchange that lie right here on the spot that God loves you just how you are. And he wants to be in your presence. He is holy. He is uh, merciful. He is good. He is unwavering. And so we're going to be diving into some of these titles, but I'm excited to talk about it today. I think one of the foundational scriptures uh, as we dive into this topic of, of who is God and what is he like is, it's one of my favorite verses. If you know me, you know I am always talking about this passage. It's in Exodus, Exodus 34. And this is God talking to Moses, and um, it's around the time when Moses got the Ten Commandments, and um, it's this incredible passage because it's the first time in all of Scripture that God ever describes himself. And I want you guys to listen to the words that God chooses to use. God does not just say whatever. He is so intentional with every word he uses. And I want you to listen and see, is this the God that you see? The Lord is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished. He brings the consequences of the father's iniquity on the children and the grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. Is that the God that you see? Just like A.W. Tozer said, when you think of God, are those the words that come to your mind? And friend, if they aren't, I want to I challenge you, you might not have a right view of God. We can't fully understand God. And so uh, as we begin and set out on this topic, I want to discourage you. We're, we're not going to be able by the end of this episode to fully understand him, but a God we can fully understand is not much of a big God at all, if we're honest. And so our hope is that as we turn to his word, as we dive into this, we can get to know him more. But look at those words, compassionate. Gracious, slow to anger. I'd love to just unpack those a little more with you, Jake, because that's who our God is. Yeah, and I think sometimes, too, you know, our view of God is sometimes not accurate to him. And so a big question I want to ask you guys, and we're going to unpack this um, as well, but, you know, is our view of God, is it shaped by his word or is it shaped by other people who maybe have tainted his image? Um, because I'm here to tell you, 
humans are not perfect, and uh, we have many flaws. I'm Justin not, and I. Jake's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we've you know, and we mess up, we fall short, right? But sometimes I think we can allow our perception of God uh, be influenced by those who claim to be following Him and maybe have misrepresented Him. So when we look to Psalm one hundred three eight, the Lord is compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger, and he's abounding in love. He's compassionate, guys. He literally is the opposite of apathy. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What is what does compassion mean, right? Like, let's dive into that. Each of these words, I feel like we could just sit with, and and we would hope that they'd get into our hearts forever. But what does it mean that God is compassionate? Like, let's just sit with that. Yeah. Yeah, God is, he wants to, like, he has compassion for you. Like if you're in a season, right, you're struggling or you're you're finding it hard to just get up and, and do the things you need to do or find the motivation in your day and, you know, the week feels mundane. You're just going through the motions and you're on a, autopilot. Like God wants more for you and his heart breaks for you because you're not stepping into what he's calling you towards. Um, and that is, you know, that is something that we could sit with all day. Like Justin said, like he wants a life that is prosperous and hopeful and abounding in love for you. Um, and so he has compassion for you in those seasons, in those moments where you're not living up, you're not measuring up to what he's calling you towards. You're not where he wants you to be yet. And that is what I love about God is he does not see us for our current selves, but who we will become Come in on. heaven. Yeah, that's so good. And someone needs to hear that, that if you're in a season where your heart has been broken um, where you're hurting, where you're just, you're in pain. We have a God who his heart breaks when yours does. I, I've heard the Lord kind of put this on my heart that his compassion is when his heart breaks for the heartbreak of us. Um, I've heard someone say once that compassion is your hurt in my heart, like, and that is who God is. And I love that that's the first word he used to describe himself, right? Like of all of the words he used, he chose compassion. And so um, if you're listening, if Maybe you are going through a breakup or you just lost a job or maybe you're grieving a death. Um, whatever circumstances or situation you find yourself in and you're hurting, we have a God who is deeply moved, who um, hurts when you're hurting, who you know sees your pain and he cares about you. And um, what I love is compassion is to co-suffer. So God is not a removed distant like, oh, I feel sorry for you, but he if you invite him in, would love to come in and sit with you in your pain. He's not just someone who's like, hey, I'm praying for you or, you know, on Facebook. Like, that's not his heart of like, you know, I'm sorry for your life. Like, he wants to step into that pain. That's what compassion is. And that's who our God is. And yeah. he did it well. Yeah. And like I said in the beginning, you know, in the chosen, like all those times you think that God doesn't want you to draw near to him. He's He's making time for you. So I challenge you, are you making time for him? Because... Maybe that's something you, you need to reflect on. And I would say to you too, like if you are feeling um, like you're in a season that's hard or you aren't living up to what he's calling you towards, um, there's grace for you. That leads us to another thing of who God is. God says he is gracious. Come on, what does gracious mean, right? Gracious means that God is merciful. So he's, hold, he's withholding what you do deserve. Um, I've heard it said that grace is God giving us what we don't deserve, and mercy is is God not giving us what we do. Yes, that's so good. Yeah, and he is full of grace. 
he is full of grace for us. He, a lot of us, you know, maybe we don't realize this, but what we really deserve is death. <laughs> our sin, the Bible says that the wages of our sin is death and eternal separation from God. In a place the Bible is very open and honest about called hell. And I know that's some scary language, but you, we have all done things that have hurt people. We've all done things that we're not proud of. We wouldn't put on our Facebook page. We've all made mistakes. And God is not giving us the death that we deserve, but instead he's giving us a life of grace and uh, peace and love and joy if we put our trust in him. That's that's the key, but he's gracious. Yeah, and I think that's, this kind of leads to a good point too, is like, who is God not? Mm. Who is he not? Um, and we could really just flip this verse, right? Psalm 103.8 says, The Lord is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Um, so rest assured, like, he is those things. He is not, you know, apathetic towards you. He is not uh, lacking in compassion in the season that you are in or who you are or what you've done. He is abounding in love. He is grace. He is compassion. Um, and I love this verse too, uh, talking about God is love. Uh, in First John 4, 8, it says, whoever does, not, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. I'll say it again. First John 4, 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Yeah, that's so good. And I love that we're talking about God is love because I think in the world today, we kind of have a twisted view of what love is. I think some people think love is a feeling or that love is just acceptance. Love is actually not just acceptance, right? If I just accepted you uh, and never, you know, called you out or up and out of things that are actually hurting you, that wouldn't be very loving at all. And this kind of hits into another point I want to make of who is God is it says he's slow to anger. So he's slow to anger, but it also that, that shows us that there are things that make God angry. He is not a passive, just do whatever, be whatever kind of God. You said it. God loves us just as we are, but he's not going to leave us where we are when he finds us because he loves us. He is a God who wants us to live in freedom, in, in peace, in, uh, in love, and in joy. And so, you know, God is love, but we have a very twisted view of love in the world. Some people think love is a feeling when love is actually a choice, and God has chosen to love us even when we don't really deserve that. Um, and so I just wanted to say that too, that I don't want people to think wrongly that God is love is an excuse just to, you know, do whatever, be whatever. God's never going to, God loves me, so he's never going to, Tell me my breath stinks, you know? No, that's not who God is. What good father wouldn't tell their kids if they're doing something that's actually hurting them? Um, I think it's important to know there too, but God is love. Yeah, and God's love does not run out. So when we say God, his love, it's unconditional. What does that mean? That means without condition, God loves you. It's not performance. It's not based on how many Bible verses you memorize. Um, how many times you check off going to church on Sunday, even though you should. Um, but it's it's not based on what we do. It's based on what's been done. And Come I think on. that's something that we need to uh, really hit on and really r- remind ourselves uh, because we can get caught up in a culture where our identity is based on what we what we do, how how we do it, you know, what we perform, what what we produce, like, and God says, come as you are, and I will meet you there in the midst. And I love that. Um, 
and kind of talking about what's been done, you know, what better way to show us his love than what he did on the cross? It says in 1 John 4, 9 through 10, this is how God showed his love to us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, guys. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son and sacrificed himself for our sins. Yeah. That leads to one of the most important points we'll make over the course of this episode. If you hear nothing else, please hear this. In this question of who is God and what is he like, God is Jesus. Jesus is God. And so when we look at God or when we look at Jesus, we see God and vice versa. Jesus says in John 10, uh, verse 30, that I and the Father are one. And so if you're wondering who is God or what is he like, the best place to look is at Jesus. And you said it well, that Jesus loved us so much that he came down, died on a cross for our sins. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. He was the only perfect person. I hear people ask all the time is like, how does God let bad things happen to good people? And the response to that is he doesn't. He only let bad things happen to one truly good person. And that was Jesus on the cross. None of us are good people. Only Jesus was the truly only ever good person. Um, But Jesus is God. And so who is God? What is God like? Jesus is God. He's the best place to look. And when you look at Jesus, you can't help but see loving, compassion. Everything we talked about in Exodus, Jesus reflects perfectly. That's what I love about Jesus is he didn't just preach the word. He lived it. He was the Bible lived, expressed. If you want to see what a life looked like, if you want to see what the Bible lived looks like, it was Jesus. And um, we could talk about that for forever. But Yeah, and I think another thing that we could hone in on is like, God is unfailing. God is unwavering. His faithfulness stands firm, right? And you and I, we could speak to this in our own life. Like, God has done so much for me. And every time that I've had any ounce of doubt or worry or fear that God's not going to show up, he does. Like, and it's it's put me in a place of like, he. I'm like expectant of God now, which is really cool um, to say and just to like proclaim out loud, like, I feel like I'm in like a like a posture, right? We stand up and we hold our backs firm so we have good posture and we're not slouching. But like I feel like for the first time in my life as of recently, like I've found myself to be in like this posture or stature of like expectancy for God to be faithful and um, to kind of hone in on a verse to talk about God's faithfulness. Like this just nails it. It's 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless... He remains faithful and he cannot disown himself. So it's like, you know, this this verse basically speaks to God's unchanging nature and his unwavering faithfulness within our lives, um, but also just who he is. He is unfailing father. Like he is not a father who fails. He cannot fail. And um, even when, you know, humans like me, you, we are you know, we make mistakes and we're not able to commit and, and hold each other accountable sometimes. Like God is faithful in that. And so I think somebody needs to hear that today. Psalms 27, 10 says, even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Even if those closest to you abandon you, God still remains close to you. And 
we we keep hitting on this. It's so hard to see the faithfulness of God because we've had far too much experience with the unfaithfulness of man. Romans 3 says this, though. What then? If some were unfaithful, will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Absolutely not, Paul says. Let God be true, even though everyone is a liar. And Jake said it earlier in the episode beautifully. We cannot look at God through the lens of broken people, and God is faithful. And what I love about God's faithfulness that Exodus hit on earlier is it says it what, that he is abounding in faithful love. That means he's overflowing. He's existing in great quality. What I'm trying to say is his, his faithfulness is not in short supply. He's not running out. He is abounding in faithful love and truth for you. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about it a lot, but let that hit your heart. Don't let that just go in one ear and out the other. God is faithful and he will remain faithful to you. He is more faithful to you than anyone ever will be. Even the most faithful spouse, most faithful friend, God will be faithful to you through it all, the highs and lows of your life. Yeah. And I think too, um, this is something I wanted to talk about, but like, is God just a genie in a bottle? I think sometimes there's a misperception here where we go to God and we're like, hey God, you know, can you help me get a flat screen TV? <laughs> and you know, God, Amen. you know, he might answer that prayer. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, hopefully he does. If you know, you're trying to get a new flat screen, yeah. that'd be sick. But um, more oftentimes than not, I feel like when we're looking at God as just like this genie in the bottle or like a gumball machine in the right. sky, like we're going to be humbled by it guys. Like we need to be seeking the father for the right intentions. And I've seen people in my life. You've seen people in your life who maybe have this view of God, like, all right, I'm going to go to God when I need him. And when I don't, I'm not going to go to him. And I would just say, Oh, we could hit this too. This is a whole other topic. Um, find, a middle ground between the mountain and the valley seasons, guys, because I'm here to tell you when you're on the valley, the next season is the mountain. And when you're on the mountain, the next season is the valley. And you're going to be constantly through your life rotating from one peak mountaintop to the valley um, and from the valley to the mountaintop. So I think it's important. I say that because when we go to God for the things when we need them, right? When we're, we're in a low spot, we need that job. We need that that money for rent, whatever it is in your life. But when we're on the mountaintop and we forget about God, like we can't take our eyes off of him. And so I bring that up because I think sometimes, like you said earlier, like our perception of God directly influences our relationship with him. And so someone probably needs to hear yeah. that today. And it's important we do because, you know, when we see God like that, that, you know, he's a, a candy machine. I put my dollar in and he gives me a Snickers, right? We start to foster a spirit of pride because we serve for him. We read our Bibles, we pray, we do all the right things, but maybe he doesn't give us what we think we deserve. And we start to think we're, you know, entitled to it or that God is, is you know, holding back something that I'm owed. And and that's just a ridiculous thing. We've I think we've said this before on the show about how if all God ever did for me was die for me, that would still be more than enough. And yet we still sometimes look at God as if he owes us something. And that's not saying that it's wrong to, to desire things and to want things and to pray for things. But um, we just have to realize that like, if God gave us what we deserve, talking about what we talked about earlier, none of us would be here. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Uh, we would be dead and, um, you know, in a place we don't want to be a place. The Bible is very open and honest about. And so, uh, we must realize that God is not a, a genie. 
He's not just someone who gives me what I want um, because that, that fosters pride and uh, God is, is so good to not give us what we truly deserve. And it's just an honor. It's an honor to get to do life with him. It's an honor to serve him. It's an honor to, to have relationship with him because, you know, the Bible says we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Like we were enemies of God at one point and yet he still brought us in. Um, so I know that, that, that I don't want that to sound insensitive, but, um, the truth is, is that, you know, he doesn't owe us anything. He, he did more than we could ever deserve. And, um, let's just be grateful that, you know, he, he calls us his, even when we were once enemies of him. Yeah. So to recap what we have kind of covered today, there's a lot, um, who is God and what is he like? Well, Jesus is God. If we want to f- answer that question, who is God and what is he like, the best place to look is to look at Jesus. And what is he like? We looked at Exodus and Psalms where God is compassionate. He's gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in faithful love and truth. And uh, another thing I wanted to mention is listen to some other names given to God in the Bible. Jake and I have been talking about these. And again, like I said earlier, I want to ask you, like, when you think of God, are these the names that come to your mind? The, the Bible says that God is Elroy, the God who sees. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner who fights our battles. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Alpha and Omega, Adonai, Lord and Master. You know, those are just a few of the names given to God throughout the Bible, but um, again, I just really want to drill into this point. Is that is that how you see God? And if you're sitting here today and you're like, no, I, I don't really see God like that. Jake hit on it. The best place to start is to go to him. Hitting on that chosen example, you know, Jesus welcomes our doubts and questions and he wants us to come to him with them. And so you're sitting here and you realize you have a wrong view of God. He would love to help you start repairing that today if you just come to him. Yeah. And I think something too that we could cover before we... Uh, wrap up today is God is omnipresent. This is such a cool characteristic of God that I think a lot of people maybe don't have an understanding of, or maybe their perception is not aligned with the word. Um, But yeah, God is omnipresent in a way that like he is pulling off miracles, you know, all over the world in so many different lives. And I've seen it in my own life too. And I think it's just so cool how you know, you see something in your life happen, unfold in a way that you're like, all right, I've seen God show up in this. And then just realize that God is not just working in your life, but he's working in millions across the world. And it just gets to this point where you're like, it's just mind blowing. But I thought it's such a cool topic just to talk about. And would love to hear like your thoughts on it and uh, see what your experience is like as well. I mean, that's that's crazy. And it's also convicting because <laughs> God has seen me at my best, but he's also seen me at my worst. And yet he still loves me. And I don't want to say this as he condones me. We hit on that with the the God is love talk. But he's also seen me at my worst, and yet he still loves me. And he hasn't given up on me. Um, I think it was a Tim Keller quote that says, The only eyes that have seen you through and through are the eyes that love you more than anyone. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's that mindset of the God who is omnipresent, who is with us always and at any time has seen us at our highest and our lowest, no one knows us like God knows us, and no one loves us as much as God loves us. I mean, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> like, yo, that's crazy. And this isn't some Maroon 5 love no. song. This is no the all-knowing yes. creator of the universe. And 
we hit on it earlier and I want to come back to it. Like we have such a messed up view of what love is. We think love is a feeling and it's this, you know, this cheesy like chick flick thing. And it's, it's not love is a choice. Love is a commitment. We could talk about first Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind and uh, it keeps no record of wrongs. Like God is love. And when you read first Corinthians 13, like that's who God is. And, um, I think we need to just repair our view of what love is. It's not acceptance. It's not ignorance, but it's, you know, loving even with all of our flaws and not leaving us where he finds us. Um, that's so powerful, bro. The omnipresence of God. Yeah. Ugh, crazy. That's that so could be cool. a good episode. Yeah. Yeah. And God is just too. Yes. I think this is something yeah. that we need to say. Like, you know, if someone's wronged you, if you've been hurt, God is a judge. He's a perfect judge, and he seeks justice. So, you know, I think that's something that someone needs to hear is God is just. He sees your heart. He sees what you've been through. And, you know, this topic of God and his image, it's like God wants the best for you. And so if you've been wronged or hurt, like, there's there's peace knowing that God is a perfect judge and that he will uh, judge those fairly. Not unfairly, but he he's seeking justice in that. Yeah. And that hits on the goodness of God, right? Because God wouldn't be good if he didn't get angry at evil. You know, if, if maybe we've talked about this. If I just like slapped you across the face right now, and there was, you know, God sitting here, and he didn't feel any ways about that, that, that wouldn't be much of a good God. If you witnessed, you know, racism or, or bullying or abuse, neglect, rape, like anything evil like that, and your heart wasn't angered, again, he's slow to anger. If your heart wasn't angered by that, you're not, that's not a good God. But God is not like that because he is loving, because he is good. There are things that he hates. There are things that upset him. And he is a God of justice. Like, he will punish sin. There's a John Piper quote where he said, you know, um, no sin is ever merely passed over. It's paid for either on the cross or uh, in hell. And so, like, that challenges us to, believe in and to put our trust solely on Jesus because you know the beauty of God's heart is he didn't punish us the sinner he punished his perfect son and we get to trust in him and put our faith in him and and it says the Bible says when we put our faith in him we receive his righteousness we're justified through our faith not our works and just end right there yeah (laughs) I mean uh, it's, it's crazy God is so good I mean He's good, he's gracious, he's generous, he's patient, he's kind. I mean, almost a better question. I mean, we could spend more time on what is God not because he's just, he's he's so loving. He's got so much love in your heart. I said this last week, he's got more grace to give than you have sins to make. You cannot outstand the grace of God. There's nothing you need to do to earn his love. He's not Santa Claus where you have to be good 364 days a year and then you receive a gift. He loves you, and he will receive you wherever you are. But because he is good and holy and righteous, he will not leave you where you are. He will love you out of where you are, and praise God for that. Amen. Jake, what an awesome episode. (laughs) Yeah. How'd we do on time? 31 minutes. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. We Um, love you, listeners. Yes, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, We say this every week, but we are grateful for every single one of you guys, and um we hope that you guys got some good takeaways on who is God, who is he not. And for all things The Narrow Path, you can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Or Amazon Alexa. <laughs> or Amazon Alexa. We uh, love you forever. guys. <laughs>
doing that. We'll see y'all next yeah. week. Peace. Peace.